Hello, this is a Drawing Matter podcast produced by Machine Radio. This is the second look at the exhibition Disappear Here, On Perspective and Other Kinds of Space, which is showing at the RIBA in London. The show features drawing from both the RIBA and Drawing Matter collections. This week we invited a friend of Drawing Matter, Deanna Petherbridge, a curator, artist and author of the book The Primacy of Drawing, to visit and talk to the curator Sam Jacob. Deanna began by picking out two drawings which she was particularly interested by and which she felt explored new meanings and uses of perspective. I'm very taken in this exhibition about two drawings. One of them is um, dated from about 1800 and it's about somebody called Joseph Potter and it's a design for a remodeling of a building in Wales. It shows an interior laid out very much in the way that contemporary um, designers, in a way, um, set out um, interiors. And what absolutely fascinates me by it is that the scale has changed, the doors are much larger than you would expect. The whole thing is laid out within the paper like a little proscenium arch, like a little framed stage in which the various parts can be moved around, so to speak. And what absolutely fascinates me about it is the cleanliness, the, the austerity of this drawing. It's absolutely immaculate. The pen and ink, uh, it says watercolour, I didn't see any colour in it, but the ink is controlled with immense precision. And so the imagination comes to it as something completely complete, which you want to destroy and end to. As, a, as an artist or as a person looking at it. Because this is dating from 1800, there's just something about the quality of its drawing, which to me is absolutely fascinating. Um, and it's completely plain. It's a, um, a space which you can move into, shuffle around, but which entices you in, as well as the desire to smash it, break it, invested with your own imaginative um, um, potential. Um, it's next year drawing by Jean-Charles Moreau. His dates are 1889-1956, and it's a design for a studio interior. And once again, it's simply a set of lines, not drawn, in fact, in a vanishing perspective, drawn in a very curious um, perspective, a little like a Japanese perspective, a very empty room. And right in the front is a little table and a chair and a couple of objects on it. And it's, it's again about a placing of linearities which has nothing to do with a real space. He was evidently a, a, a graduate of the Ecole de Beaux-Arts in Paris and he designed in interior furniture and design. But this sort of minimalist design has moved away from an informational perspective. Again, to this sort of area which I, as an artist, have always been so fascinated in, which is perspective which opens a space into a piece of paper and invites you in in so many different ways, on the symbolic level, um, on the actual level of understanding that space, relating it to your own body or not relating it to yourself, understanding um, a perspective as actually telling you so many other things. In a perspective manual, um, you're given these very complex ways of constructing these different kinds of perspectives. And of course, there are very few pure, there's, very, there's never really a one-point perspective. All perspectives are adjustable in some sense. But in the examples that you've seen on the wall, 
Um, they are much more hybrid. The artists have known about perspective, they've chosen all they haven't known, and they've reconstructed their own means of doing it. But they've also been able to pick and mix, so to speak, as we all do. And in some of the garden, the old-fashioned um, views you have of, um, um, of, of estates and gardens and so on, um, there's been an attempt to see so many different ways. It's not just constructing a pure perspective, which can be rather deadly. It's rather about how you move through the spaces, um, how scale changes as you're approaching it. And the scale changes in these things, the scale, the direction, the slope, the angles. Um, they're all very, very hybrid, these drawings, obviously dependent on the, um, on the period in which they were done and the skill of the artist and the intention of the work. And again, um, we have to remember that perspective is very much about the intention of what you want to convey. Well, we've got, um, in, in the drawings, we have drawings across uh, about 400 years of, of architectural representation. And like through that, they're not shown chronologically, they're shown kind of jumbled up and uh, kind of juxtaposed one another. But what you see in each example is uh, sometimes you see the kind of struggle with perspective, with the Smithson drawings, for example, where, quite frankly, there's little understanding of really how perspective works. Walls become very wonky. Or of Renaissance ideals, forgive me. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And, but it's, I think yes. it's so interesting to see that this kind of struggle between what, what, you, what the, the system expects, but then also how someone is implementing it. And you know, you can, on the one hand, you can, you can look at them and say, well, that's a very naive way of drawing perspective because it doesn't obey the rules. On the other hand, you can say, well, hold on a minute, this is a precursor to cubism because we're looking at a wall kind of from the front and from the side simultaneously. And is this perhaps not more advanced than... So I think that you know, in those examples, you can see perhaps the kind of how the tyranny of perspective is beginning to take hold and beginning to organise people's conception of space. In other cases, like with the Goldfinger, you can see absolute dead-handed implementation of a linear perspective to draw a proposal for an office block in the city with a flat horizon. I mean, strangely, that drawing is supposed to be showing how that tower sits within its context. I mean, there's no context there's, whatsoever, absolutely. Uh, yes. There is only the abstract line of the horizon, which, of course, was probably the context which Goldfinger really wanted <laughs> or imagined that his work sat within. And on the other hand, you, you sometimes see a much more painterly uh, use of, of perspective. And I think uh, across those, you, you, you definitely see the way in which a conception of space, even within the framework of perspective, changes. And whether that's to do with a, um, an era or whether it's to do with the particular intention of the, of the author or whether it's to do with the subject matter or the the way in which that drawing was going to be used, because we have drawings which are part of kind of... Of a process. Of a process, they're Absolutely. working drawings, and yes. we have some which are presentation yes. drawings, and so we have some Absolutely. which are... Which are the purpose of the drawing is the drawing itself. And, so and your very early Smith might have been very useful for a mason, because the mason would have understood exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. didn't, he didn't need a measured perspective or anything. One of the things I think that's been interesting putting the show together is to is to both understand that the perspective is a set of rules and the, the books kind It's of a set of adjustable rules. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or even that the, even in those kind of positions that people take through their explanation and communication of 
their understanding of perspective as a, as a rule set and then you put them together and they don't match. That's interesting to begin with because it's not reducible to something. It's a, it is something which, which is much more subjective. Yet at the same time, it, you know, in contemporary architecture, when you're in AutoCAD and you click perspective view, it's something which you no longer have to construct. It's something which is presented to you as a kind of fait accompli. We're not showing any of those because I think we're, we're trying to show the ways in which the construction of perspectival space or space in general is far more subjective. It's not a preset default that you can just press and it appears. Though that is... And also, can I say, forgive me, that it, it's about a representation on a two-dimensional surface. It's about a representation on paper, whereas all the programs that everybody's using, they no longer think of those stages. They are immediately um, thinking of a fluid means into the final product. So, in a way, perspective as representation is of no interest to anybody anymore. Well, I think that's such an interesting point because you could, you could also say that the representation in architecture is no longer important, which is... Which is not true when we see the absolutely crass kinds of um, reconstructions <laughs> for, um, for selling to the client, if yeah. I may say so. I collect them sometimes. They're so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and yet within your drawings there is a there is a very strong kind of relationship with perspective. Well, absolutely. My, my, my work is completely on working and denying and turning it upside down and playing with perspective and playing with spatial, um, playing with space on a piece of paper because I only work in pen and ink on paper. And I have to say I'm a very rare um, um, and weird creature because um, I don't know many other contemporary um, artists who do this. And it seems to me it's the most terrible loss in, in contemporary art. We still, degree, we still agree in the art world somehow or other on the principles established at the beginning of the, uh, the 20th century about the importance of the picture plane. Everything had to move up to the picture plane, had to deny an opening into the space of the picture because somehow that had to do with the academies and the academies were murderous institutions um, that we were not allowed to deal with any longer. So um, in a way, that two centuries of, of contemporary art, or a century and a half, people have forgotten the absolute excitement and joy of working on a two-dimensional surface like a piece of paper or a canvas um, or a relief where, in a way, perspective is how you open up that space for the eye to wander in, for the eye to be surprised, um, for the eye to be in a constructed world that is not perhaps a familiar world. So it gives one a chance to construct worlds, in a, to construct. Perspective is about construction, isn't it? It's a means of making a construction. And I think this is a terrible loss for so much contemporary art. It's interesting that in... In a, in a younger generation in architecture over the last five or ten years, there has been a, a resurgence of interest in making drawings rather than yes. rendering. And making often very beautiful drawings. Very, yeah. very beautiful yeah. and often relying heavily on a kind of almost a sort of naive idea of perspective. And actually, very, you know, very similar to, to, to this drawing that you picked out, the, uh, the Joseph Potter drawing, where the, the drawing kind of works like a, a stage set and things unfold within that plane. You know, often it's a central um, uh, uh, vanishing point. And I think those, 
that that's obviously a reaction to these like overly sophisticated, glossy, pseudo cinematic renders which are used to sell to either clients or politicians yeah. or to to investors. Um, and that that sort of I think that 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 suggests that there is a hope for architectural drawings, for sure, that somehow a recognition that the way we draw actually is part of how we imagine space. It's not simply a device which allows us to get from the idea to the yeah. built reality, that actually the, the, the process of representation, the act of representation, is the thing which, you know, just like, you know, just as language frames perhaps you know, how we think, um, certainly what we express, so the language of drawing does exactly the same thing to space and to form and to materiality and so on and so forth. And this, I think, re-emergence of the drawn representational uh, kind of aspects of architecture, I think is a very important correction to that drift towards a default um, kind of mechanised um, algorithmic uh, way of, it, of, of simply outputting an image from a three-dimensional digital model. I'm glad you're so wonderfully positive about it. I'm too old to be positive about too many things at the moment. But I just say one other thing is that perspective and this exhibition, of course, shows that it's about lines. It's about lines and direction. And, of course, this is the thing. Okay, the computer um, renders something or other, and they've been very complicated ways. We turn it three-dimensionally and build up meshes and all the rest of it. But, basically, nobody really thinks of lines any longer. Um, and here we are, constructed by lines that always have an abstract presence. You can always read them both as an abstraction, as a patterning, or you can see them as a space. So there's always an ambivalence. Um, which again is a thing that fascinates me as an artist about use, the, the use of these kinds of constructivist lines is that the ambivalence of how you read them and the multiple ways in how you can interpret them. I think architects are terribly aware of the dangers um, of all the sorts of programming and its effects, particularly on cities. We come up with magnificent single buildings, but we don't know how to build them into relationships any longer. So I think architects are very often turn out to be much more intelligent about thinking widely about these issues, because they have to, they have to think about time planning, they have to think about social issues. Artists rather tend to, to, to limit their areas. So I think the importance of drawing is very much a, a feature of the architectural scene, perhaps a lot more than it is in the visual arts scene, where drawing somehow is related with something passé, something old-fashioned, something to do with realism, something deeply depressing and in the past. I don't think this is so. And of course, Neil's collection is really important because he's collecting all those handmade drawings um, from um, um, architects and firms that are going to be forgotten, that are going to be burned, that are going to be disposed of. So in a way, he, as a collection, he's bringing history into a new relationship with the present. You've been listening to a Machine Books podcast produced on behalf of Drawing Matter. For news about more podcasts, go to www.drawingmatter.org or follow us on Twitter at Drawing Matter.